Lord, as Brother Vaughn comes, you just fill him and use him, Lord, like you never had before. And just let us know when we leave this place, we haven't had an encounter with our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you this morning. Let's go ahead and stand as we jump into the worship part of the service. Starting out by honoring and worshiping the name of Jesus, singing majesty. Please join me. Majesty, worship His majesty. Unto Jesus be all glory, honor, and praise. Majesty, kingdom of five last night about how the lamb was worthy to break the seals and open the scroll that lamb is Jesus Christ who was the worthy sacrifice 
for our forgiveness of sins for the, and for the whole entire world. And I can't think of anyone more worthy of our praise and worship. Let's sing. Worthy is the Lamb. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid. Bearing all my sin and shame, in love you came and gave amazing grace. Thank you for this love. around you. <clears throat> Tell them how it's good to see them this morning. Beautiful day we have outside. Absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> you can go ahead and have a seat. <clears throat> I'm telling you what, allergy season is coming around. <clears throat> it's been here for a little while. Absolutely. I guess it just affects us all a little at different times. But 
Um, let's go ahead and we'll have our word of prayer. And right now we're just going to go ahead and ask that, uh, that the Holy Spirit uh, would show us through his word something that we need to change, something we need to alter in our lives, something that God would have us do so that we would not leave the same way we came. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving us another day to live, another breath to breathe. I thank you, God, that you are the first and the last, and that no matter what happens, you are in control, and we can trust you with that. I pray now that you would be with uh, Brother Vaughn, that you would give him the words to speak, again, that we might be attentive, that we might be changed uh, by your word. I pray that your spirit would have free reign here. I thank you, God, for how much you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, as we just sang a moment ago, Christ offers us salvation and freedom through his sacrifice on the cross. Not just only for for eternity, but for every single day and every single temptation that we go through. We can't do it on our own. And it's only by the blessings and strength of God. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians, it's by the grace of God that I am what I am, not by anything that we have done. Yet not I, but Christ in me. What gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to his. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing all is mine but through Christ in me. The night is dark But I am not forsaken, for by my side the Savior he will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing, for in my need his power is displayed. To this I hold, my shepherd will defend me. Through the deepest valley he will lead. Oh, the night has been won, and 
and I shall overcome, yet not I, but through Christ in me. All right, everyone, let's go ahead and stand. We'll restart the song so that everyone can <coughs> join us in it. <coughs> but we'll start at the beginning. And we ask that you all would join. Yet not I, but Christ in me. What gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to His. Oh, how strange and divine, I can sing all is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me. The night is dark, but I am not forsaken. For by my side, the Savior, He will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing. For in my need, His power is displayed. To this I hold. My shepherd will defend me Through the deepest valley he will lead Oh, the night has been won And I shall overcome Yet not I, but through Christ in me Sing this last verse. Sing <laughs> no fate I dread, I know I am forgiven. The future sure, the price it has been paid. For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon. And he was raised to overthrow the grave. To this I hold, my sin has been defeated. Jesus now and ever is my King. Oh, the chains are released. I can sing, I am free, yet not I, but through Christ in me. every breath I long to follow Jesus for he has said that he will bring me home and 
day by day, I know He will renew me until I stand with joy before the throne. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. All the glory evermore to Him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. One more time. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. All the glory evermore to Him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Amen. Thank you for singing. You may be seated. green with envy yes all right all right here we are all right hey hey that was a great song amen that's enough to make a methodist get sprinkled again i'm telling you that was just tremendous that's enough to make a baptist shout hallelujah isn't it well what a blessing to be here with you today my sole purpose this morning i believe the lord would have me to encourage you i told my son last night i said you know even on my encouraging messages i tend to get carried away and go off on something so I'm determined not to go off on anything this morning, and uh, I want to encourage you. Years ago, I was in Nashville, Tennessee. I flew out to Buffalo, New York, to go to a place called Colesville, New York, where it's near Attica Prison. Well, it was about 85, 90 degrees when I left Nashville. It was hot. Took off with a short sleeve shirt, got up to Colesville, New York. Pastor picked me up at the airport, took me to the Rent-A-Wreck Car Rental Agency. That was the name of it. And it was a Ford, so it lived up to the title. I'm telling you, it was a Ford Escort, three-speed automatic, and that thing was stuck in first gear. And my job was to follow the pastor out of town, which he took hold of the wheel and he never looked back. And here I'm trying to follow him out of town, but it's stuck in first. Well, I mean, you know, I'm redlining and you know, I'm wondering if it's going to blow up. And all of a sudden, it lunged from first into second lunged back into first, back into second. It's like riding a Bronco. And, and finally it got stuck in second, and then it got a little hotter, and it lunged into third. And then back into second, back. So I said, this is going to be an interesting week. Well, they put me up at a, uh, <coughs> at a, uh, <laughs> a golf course, had a hotel room. I was the only guest. Nobody was on premises. 
Uh, one night, um, I got invited out after service to the home of some pet lovers. They had Labrador retrievers, like four, five, six of them, you know, sniffing your cake, licking your shoes, putting dander and pet hair all over your trousers. And How many know not everybody is, is aware that others are not as fond of their stinking animals as they are? They just, they're just oblivious to it, you know. So I was sneezing my head off with these dogs, and it was cold. I mean, it was like 35 degrees. Well, I didn't have a top coat. So the uh, <laughs> man of the house, he was gracious. He let me borrow his top coat. Well, <clears throat> the only problem is I'm pretty sure that's the garment that those dogs were sleeping on because it, was, it, it stunk like crazy. And here I am in, in, with this top coat on freezing in my Ford Escort, and my Escort back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's after midnight. I get to the uh, hotel room, and uh, I couldn't find the key. So I went through all my pockets five times. Anybody ever do that? You go through every pocket, and maybe I missed it. And uh, Well, I didn't miss it. I'm locked out. Nobody's there but me. So I, I said to myself, I'm confident. I'm confident I left the sliding glass door open. I, I'm confident. So I'm climbing up on the deck after midnight, uh, sneezing my head off, freezing to death, and, and I got up on the deck and finally, that was the night I remembered to lock the sliding glass door. Now, Brother Mike, it was after midnight. I've already determined I am not going to call the pastor. I'm not going to do this. So I went out to Attica, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the only thing open are the bars, right? So I said, I'll, I'll, I'll go in and, and try to find somebody who maybe knows who owns the golf course. And I'll, I'll, you're going to call a New Yorker at 2 o'clock in the morning, right? So I, I, I took my necktie off so I wouldn't get strangled. I, I went into the bar and pulled up right on the stool beside this guy. And I told him my dilemma, and he knew exactly who owned it. He gave me the phone number. These were days of pay phones. So I'm on the pay phone, and I call up this, this guy. And uh, he was so kind, and he came over and let me in. Now, I just told you that story uh, because, uh, as way of introduction, because uh, we're going to run into problems, and some of y'all are in a problem right now. And I'd say most of us are in something right now. Somebody said, most men are born crying. They live complaining and die disappointed. But we can hope for better things. And 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, how many can quote this? 1 Corinthians 10, 13, say it out loud. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. No temptation, no trial, no tribulation taken you, but such is is common to man. Let me give you a couple of things about adversity. Uh, God permits it, and God limits it. God permits it, and God limits it. No temptation, trial, or test. That, tempta that word temptation is trial, test. That's what it means. Has taken you, but such is as common to man. There's nothing unique about you or me. What's common to one is, is, is common in some degree to all. And I'm here to tell you that God wants us to learn how to confront adversity. Now, I believe that man was created for dominion. He was created for rulership. God put him in charge of the garden and uh, told him to manage it and keep it. And, of course, when sin came, he lost his ruling privilege. Satan became the god of this world. And ever since then, uh, God has been using 
uh, the devil as divine sandpaper to smooth off the rough edges of the saints. This world is a dressing room for eternity. How many are glad that this is not the final show? <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, a better day is coming, and I'm just here to tell you that uh, this world is the vestibule for eternity, and God is using temptation, uh, trials, tribulations, and tests uh, to perfect the saints, to bring many sons unto glory, because he's out to get us without wrinkle, without spot, and without blemish. That's a tall order right there, amen? But God's using problems to purify his people. And I believe that suffering is one of the primary means that God is using to prepare his bride. So I want to talk to you about how to confront adversity. This is not a red-hot sermon. This is a, a hope of heart, heart message with some, with some real help. Let me give you uh, four things about confronting adversity. Number one, uh, when adversity comes, it will either be an opportunity or an obstacle. It will either be an opportunity or an obstacle. Now over there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 17, Paul said, our light affliction. Well, light, he was beat up, he was shipwrecked, he was stoned. Our light affliction, uh, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, when problems come, it's an opportunity or an obstacle. It, it will either be, uh, cause you to stumble or cause you to stabilize. It will either be a help or a hindrance, and nothing, nothing that happens to you can injure you unless you allow it to cause you to have a bad attitude. Now, let me give you three things. Number one, when, when, when adversity comes, it's an opportunity to understand God's purposes in suffering. Now, there is no such thing as a saint who has not suffered. No such of a thing. I don't care what Kenneth Copeland tells you. I don't care what these clowns tell you, that you're always going to be, you're going to be billionaires, you ain't never going to get sick, you ain't never going to have a problem, all that. What Bible are they reading? The 11 of the 12 disciples got martyred for crying out loud. I'm, I'm not... I'm just telling you, there's no such thing as a saint who has not suffered. Now, circumstances influence you, but they don't shape you. It's your response to the circumstances of life that will uh, determine what kind of person you are. Two children grow up in the home of an abusive alcoholic father. One grows up to be an upstanding citizen. The other one grows up to follow his father's footsteps and becomes a hopeless drunk. It wasn't the circumstances that determined the fate of those children. It was their reaction to this, those circumstances. And I'm telling you, it's our reaction to the things in life that, come, that make us what we are. We can't control our circumstances, but we can control our responses. You know, it's kind of like circumstances are like a mattress. If you're on top, you rest in comfort. If you're underneath, you get smothered. And, and, and let me just say that if we're on, by the grace of God, learn to function on top by faith. And I want to say this. I want you to hear me on this. Um, you know, you don't have to feel like you've got faith to exercise faith. You, you don't need any emotional backup <laughs> uh, to believe God in, in the darkest of nights. And I'm telling you, some nights are pretty, pretty dark. 
Well, it's an opportunity. Number two, an opportunity to grow in grace. It's an opportunity to grow in grace when trials come, when adversity comes. How many remember Piedmont Airlines? Piedmont Airlines, Southern Airlines. They should have taken over U.S. Air and not the other way around. Amen. Yankee Airline is very uncooperative. But uh, Piedmont was the opposite. They used to hold the plane for people. Now, back in the day, I showed up at Roanoke Airport. <clears throat> These were days when you didn't need to be there three hours before, didn't require a strip search prior to boarding the aircraft. And I just walked up to the desk, and uh, the lady says, Well, <clears throat> Mr. Vaughn, uh, your flight was canceled. And I'm sitting there thinking, 13,500 employees, not a one of them called me to tell me my flight was canceled. But she said, don't worry about it, Mr. Vaughn. We've already rerouted you through Reagan National. We've called ahead, and they're going to hold the plane for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I got on the plane, and I, I told the waitress, hey, listen, they said they're going to hold the plane. Oh, yeah, yeah, we called. They, they, they're holding the plane. So I flew into Reagan National, saw another Piedmont jet taking off, and I said to myself, I'll bet, I'll bet the farm that's the plane I'm supposed to be on prophet that I am so I go in there and it's like 100 degrees outside and the air conditioning is not working in the terminal where I was so it was 120 I mean it was it was unbelievable so I'm up there talking to the gate agent to the to the person and and she's she says well no, don't worry don't worry we're gonna get you there we'll reroute and she dove got off the computer dove under the desk pulled out a flight schedule book like that and if they ever do that on you, you know they don't know any more about flight scheduling than you do. They know absolutely nothing. And after an hour of uh, uh, patience, yes, yes, I didn't say anything I had to repent of. I did good. And, and, I, and after an hour, I said, ma'am, I have a speaking engagement tonight. I'm not going to be able to make it. Um, can I call? Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Vaughn, <laughs> whatever you want. And I, I call up the preacher. I said, preacher, here's the situation. And I said, I've got stood up. It doesn't look like I'm going to make it. He said, Brother Harold, don't worry about it. God's in control. That's what he said. Hmm. Oh, well, he, was, he had more faith than me. So uh, I finally got a ticket. <clears throat> I went outside to cool off only 100 degrees. <laughs> I went outside. And, and I was thanking God profusely for all the sorry things that had happened that day. Because the Bible says, in everything, give yeah, so I'm thanking God. I got all kinds of stuff to thank God for, you know, incompetence. Uh, I mean, I'm just thanking God for everything. And, uh, well, I showed up that night, walked into the church about 9 o'clock, and uh, walked in, and uh, the pastor says, he said, Harold, when, when, when you called, the associate and I got on our knees, committed the meeting to God, and he said, no sooner than what we had finished, a knock on the office door. Now, here was an evangelist going down the interstate, I-94, and uh, felt impressed to get off the interstate. Got off the interstate, saw the church, felt impressed to go up to the church. Never been to the church, didn't know the church existed, didn't know the pastor. Knocked on the door, introduced himself and said, I'm evangelist so-and-so, and, -so, and uh, just want to let you know, if you ever need a, a guest preacher, I'm available. Pastor said, are you available tonight at 7 o'clock? He said, I sure am. They let that guy preach. Can you, believe Can you believe that? So here was an opportunity, an opportunity they had uh, to grow in grace. Now, the Bible says, count it in all joy. 
when you fall into divers temptation. What is that? Scuba, scuba gear problems, divers temptation. Like, well, what is that? Uh, no, no. Uh, when you fall into all kinds of uh, difficulty, trouble, and trials. You know, Watchman Nee said you'll never learn anything new about God except through adversity. <clears throat> uh, Alexander McLaren said every affliction comes from, with a message from the heart of God. You know, if a wood craftsman wants to join two boards together, he'll uh, put some glue on them, then he'll put some clamps on them, tighten up that pressure, hold them together till the, till the union is set, until the glue sets up. And then when the, when the union is set, the pressure is no longer needed, he takes the clamps off. And often what God is trying to do is to unite our will to his will, and he'll take the pressure off if we'll ever get in sync with what Pastor preached on this morning, being in the will of God and doing the will of God. And I'm just telling you, this is easy preaching, hard living, but it's still the truth. And I want to tell you something, it's an opportunity to grow in grace. Now, number three, it's an opportunity to trust God. You know, when, you, when you're suffering, you're reduced to the level of what you really believe. How many know it's easy to talk a good game when the sun's shining? But, but it can be tough sledding when the cloud and darkness and night comes over. How many know that sometimes that comes around and sticks around for a season? Thank God it's a season, but whew, when you're in it, you, you, can't, you can't see. So you got to trust God. It's an opportunity. We got to gaze at God and glance at the circumstance. You know what I tend to do? Gaze at the problem and glance at God. You know what I did this week? Got up in the woods behind my house, quiet up there. Got me an old folding chair. I just sat up there. I'd read, I'd pray, I'd look up through the trees to the sky. Why? Because the Bible tells me, uh, don't be obsessed with stuff and take no thought for your life. Mm. And don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to put on. Uh -uh. Make plans, but don't, don't be obsessed with all of this, for your heavenly Father shall, I, I have to, how many of you know sometimes you've got to preach to yourself? You better be talking to God, but you better be talking to you every now and then and telling yourself to get in line. I mean, I, that's just the way it is. So, uh, you know, the children of Israel got out of Egypt. The, God's goal was not to get them out. His goal was to get them in, but most of them never, never got in. They only got out and they died in the wilderness because they were so preoccupied with giants, walls, cities, problems. All kinds of things going on here, and they just couldn't see. So listen, when problems come, when adversity comes, it's an opportunity by choice, or it will be an obstacle by default. Number two, when problems come, you'll either get broken or you'll get bitter. Look over in Luke chapter 20. Luke chapter 20. When problems come, you'll either be broken or you will get bitter. You know, Ruth went out full and came home empty. Her name was Joy, Sunshine. She came home and said, don't call me that. Call me Mara. Call me bitter. Because uh, she had encountered tremendous loss. Now look at this. Luke uh, chapter 20. There is no blessedness without brokenness. Blessed are the poor, bankrupt, broken in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. The broken heart God will not despise. So the question is, will I be broken? 
Will, shall I be broken or will I be crushed? Look in Luke 20, 17. And he beheld them and said, What is this then that is written, the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner? Now look at this. Read it out loud with me, please. Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be... Y'all are not reading too good. Try that one more time. Out loud, real loud. Whosoever shall fall upon that shall be... But on whomsoever it shall fall... It will grind him to powder. Mm. Well, here in the chief cornerstone, that's Christ. Fall on him. You're broken. He falls on you. <laughs> You're obliterated. You're crushed. You know, shall I be broken or shall I be crushed is the question when adversity comes. The one or the other. Now, God will never fall until we do. Most churches in America are sitting around waiting for God to fall from heaven. He's waiting for us to fall on Him and get broken. Now, you know, a lot of people misunderstand brokenness. They think, well, brokenness means that you're sad all the time. That you're, in essence, a Baptist Amish guy with a black suit, and you, ain't never, you can't find no victory to save your life. I, I, I mean, you'll never laugh again that you downgrade yourself, you belittle yourself, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, I'm just a nobody, I can't do nothing. That's not brokenness, I'm being miserable. Well, what is brokenness? Well, it's the avenue to joy. <laughs> Strangely enough, this is the pathway to peace. It's the way out of loneliness and depression. Brokenness is when I'm more aware of somebody else's need than I am my own. Uh, brokenness is when I have a desire to be holy. Brokenness is when I'd rather die right than live wrong. Brokenness is when I'd rather be useful rather than famous. Brokenness is when I'd rather serve than be served. Now, what is brokenness? Well, it's responding in humility. How many believe this? Nothing touches a child of God that doesn't slide through the hand of God first. Now, I'm not teaching, teaching that God is the author of sin. I don't believe that. I'm, I'm man, I'm... I'm far away from that. I just don't believe that. But what happened to Job was allowed by God. <laughs> what about Joseph? His father's favorite. His brothers were jealous. You know, he had all these dreams, and he blabbed his dreams, and his brothers hated him, and they tried to kill him, and then they sold him. And, and uh, here he becomes a model slave in his master's house. And, and then Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, and he didn't commit adultery. He became in charge of the prison, and before it was over, he was in charge of the country. Now, would it be good if we had a guy like that around today in the United States? I'll just stop right there. But uh, he meant it. his brothers meant it for evil. Uh, but God meant it for... Joseph went from the pit to the prison to the palace because no root of bitterness sprung up in his heart. That mar that's a marvel to me. I mean, you get betrayed about 15 times. Your whole family sells you out. I, I mean, good night. I mean, wow. I mean, this is amazing. Now, uh, Jesus was God in heaven. He became God in the flesh. And the Bible tells us, confined to his body, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. This is brokenness. Oswald Chambers said, Lord, drench us with humility. Lord, drench us with humility. Hmm. So, brokenness is responding in humility. Number two, it's responding with selflessness. Selflessness. 
Alexander McLaren said the pathway of spiritual progress will be marked by the bloody footprints of wounded self-love. The pathway of spiritual progress will be marked by the bloody footprints of wounded self-love. How many have a high opinion of yourself? I have a very high opinion of myself. Sometimes. Sometimes I have a very low opinion of myself. But I find myself looking down on some people sometimes, and I always say, Lord, what is this? How could I ever look down upon somebody the whole goal of the cross is to decentralize the self, except a corner wheat fall in the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Life comes out of death, especially in the spiritual life. There was a boy in high school. He was a cripple. He was on crutches. He was severely handicapped. He was well-liked. He excelled in his studies, but nobody ever asked him why he was crippled. Finally, one day, his, his buddy said to him, how come you're crippled? And the boy said it was polio. And his friend thought for a moment, and he said, well, how did you keep from becoming bitter? And the crippled boy said, it never touched my heart. It never touched my heart. Oh, brother. Wow, you talk about responding, responding with selflessness. How easy it is to react in pride. I deserve better. This isn't fair. What's going on here? You know, Oh, brother, responding with selfless. Number, number three, brokenness is responding with commitment. You know the best day in life is when we run up the white flag or surrender to the Lordship of Christ and say, okay, God, I got no control. I can't, I can't dictate none of this. And like the brother was saying this morning, can we live the Christian life? Of course not. He never intended us to live. There's no way in the world. You ain't going to live the Christian life apart from the Holy Ghost, and Baptists need to cash in on this point right here. That's a weak response. We, we, I'm just telling you, we, we better get a hold of this uh, sooner or later. We, we better because the whole purpose of suffering is when God shatters our will that the spirit of the living God might set up a presidency in our hearts. For here and to where you called because Christ suffered uh, for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. Uh, when he suffered, he threatened, threatened not. <clears throat> And, but committed himself to judges, judges righteously. We've got to commit ourselves to God. Commit your way into the Lord, and he will uh, establish your thoughts. Somebody said that your circumstances will likely never change until you allow your circumstances to change your character. And I believe there's some truth in that. So when adversity comes, uh, opportunity, obstacle. Brokenness, bitterness. Number three, Spiritual defeat or satanic defeat. You know, in 1 John chapter 2, 13, he said, I write unto you fathers, spiritual fathers, you've known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young, young men because you have overcome the wicked one. And I write unto you children because you have known of the father. You know, problems, adversity. I just came out of a 40-day one, okay? I ain't going to go into no details. Just to let you know, it's been a dark one. Dark, hard, difficult. 
difficult for me, it's difficult for an intense guy not to obsess on negativity. Can I just say that? And God bless you balanced people out there who never obsess on anything negative. Lay hands on me and impart to me that spirit, but I'm just telling you that uh, when problems come, it's either a sinking sand or a stepping stone. It's either a move toward God or away from God. It's either a step forward or a move backward. And somebody said, real calamity in life is when you lose faith in God. And there's a lot, there's a lot of people that's been through such severe things. They're waffling. And I ain't criticizing. I'm not, I'm not debunking. I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm just saying, brother, you get the life knocked out of you. I was talking to a preacher the other day. He was talking about how they never did, you know, it's always victory, sunshine, and all the time. I said, when's the last time you got sifted? And his answer was, well, Jesus and me, I'm a, he's not above, and he will have some siftings probably. Everybody gets sifted, by the way, if uh, you're going anywhere with God. So let me give you some things about uh, Victory or defeat. Number one, conflict. When it comes, it reveals our true character. <laughs> it proves us. Remember in the Old Testament, silver purified seven times. Silversmith would put the silver ore in the oven, crank the thing up, liquefy. What would happen? Impurities would surface. If he didn't skim off the impurities, if he didn't skim off the scum, they would sink back into the fabric of the of the ore, uh, and you wouldn't know they were there until he got in the fire again. Well, he would repeat this process seven times, hotter each successive time, with different levels of impurity surfacing on each successive uh, uh, heating up, and, and this, this scum would float to the surface. They tell me that he would repeat this process seven times until the silver was so pure he could look in the liquid silver ore and see his reflection like in a mirror. Now, let me, let me just say something to you. That when problems come, when adversity comes, when, when difficulty comes, the natural tendency is to try to get out of the fire. So, you know, we, we leave the church we're in to go get another church and we feel better, but the impurity is still in there. And when things heat up over there, the same junk's going to come back to the top. Human relationships, you get out of one, and if you don't watch it, get into another, you think everything's cool, but uh, no, when it heats up and the friction comes, then the same junk comes back to, we got to deal with the scum, and it's no, no, there's no pleasant thing to deal with impurities of the heart, is it? But it's exactly true. Now listen, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one, considering yourself, lest you also be tested. We're all going to get tested. And be careful about judging people that's being tested uh, when, 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 when you're sailing. I mean, you're, you are sailing at 500 mile an hour on a clear bluebird day. You better, you better be careful. Number two, conflict develops our integrity. Abraham Lincoln said that rivers follow the line of the least resistance, and that's why they're so crooked. You know, Satan came after Job, took his home, his health, his herds. And the Bible tells us that Job didn't curse God. Anybody can bless God when God gives, but Job blessed God when God took. The Lord had given, the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Number three, conflict purges our souls from sin. 
He that has suffered in this flesh has ceased from sin. My cousin got cancer. Uh, I was basically her pastor. Uh, old I was younger than she was. But, but um, you know what she said to me one day? She said, Harold, I thank God I got cancer. I said, what? She said, I thank God I got cancer. Because she said, if I didn't get cancer, I probably never would have gotten saved. That's what she told me. And, you know, this thing of, of conflict, it purges us. It reveals our character. And this matter of, of uh, conflict, it develops our integrity. Number four, here it is. When, when conflict comes, it's, it's either going to be despondency or determination. When conflict comes. You're either going to have determination or you're going to become despondent. You're either an overcomer or you're overcome. <laughs> If you don't persevere, you're going to perish. And now, now, listen, let me encourage you. I know it can be overwhelming, okay? All right. Doubts, perplexities, difficult, overbearing, overwhelming, over just unbearable seemingly. Well, we either make a determination or we become despondent. You've got to make a determination to believe God despite your feelings. You know, Appalachian people are emotional. I wasn't born in Appalachia, but I should have been. Because uh, that's, that's just the way I am. And you know what? Um, you don't have to feel like doing right to do right. You don't have to feel like you have faith to exercise faith. And you got to do right by determining, because you predetermined that you're going to believe God. It's not what you're going through. It's what you're going to. Your season's going to change. Thank God for changing seasons. Thank God pollen's going to get washed away. You know, just seasons come, seasons go. I was in Bible college. A guy got up. He made a statement. He said, if you don't have faith, act like it. Huh. I thought, that's the stupidest thing I've heard in my life. You know what I think? He was dead on. Well, if you don't feel like you got no faith, so what? Just go ahead and act like it. <laughs> and I, that's exactly right. Now, look, uh, John Baptist, uh, filled with the Spirit of God from conception. Wow. Greatest born among women. Hmm. Sitting in prison, full of doubts, questions. Go over and ask Jesus, are you the one should we enter? Should we um, look for another one? That's pretty low, man. When the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, baptizing the Son of God, and he's over there doubting the whole scheme and wondering if he's on track or not. Are you the one, or should we be looking for another? Jesus said, go back and tell old John. Lame are walking, blind are seeing, deaf are hearing, poor are having the gospel preached unto them. Blessed is he who was not offended in me. You know, after he sent the disciples back to tell John, Jesus bragged on John. He bragged on him, right? He bragged on him. And, and, and he was saying, he's the greatest born among women. There, there's not a greater one than him, him ever. And, and, and that, was, that was in the midst of his questions. But Jesus knows how weak we are. And he's stronger than we are weak. 
So you're going to make it by the grace of God one way or the other. My friend Tom Farrell has got a brain tumor. He's got six months, they say. He's losing it. I don't like this. But you know what? We're going to go down there Tuesday, June 1st. We're going to have a memorial service before he kicks a bucket. And he's going to hear us honor him. I hope he can understand. I, I, I hope he can understand. But we're going to honor him while he's alive instead of when he's dead. And you know what? You know what? When, when you get old, when you lose it, when you're, when you're under the cloud, you lose perspective. But God's still bragging on you, brother and sister. And I'm just, he knows how weak we are, but we're in good hands. Everything's going to be all right. And can I just say something to you? You've got to make a determination to go on with God despite how you feel. Number two, you've got to make a determination to deal with it. Can't run from it. Can't hide from it. Can't run far enough to get away from you. <laughs> the old you, that is. But Jesus dealt with the old you by killing him on the cross, right? <laughs> so bank on that. Now, you know, you know, an ostrich, they tell me, you, you know, ostriches, what, they weigh 300 pounds? I mean, they got a butt this big. They ought to be in somebody's choir. And, I, and, and they got this little tiny head, little tiny head. And, 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 you know, when the ostrich gets shook up, he gets afraid. What does he Puts his tiny head into a hole in the ground. And got that big rear and stick it out like he's hiding from somebody. I mean, really? You know, instead of trying to put a hole in a head, a head in a hole in the sand somewhere, we, we're going to have to deal with the situation. We're going to have to work through it. Gideon, when they were chasing down the Midianites, they wore out. They were faint, yet pursuing them. Now, listen, I, I'm, I'm not chastising nobody. I, ho I hope, if it sounds like I am, I'm not, okay? So, but, but if we faint in the day of adversity, our strength is small. So what that means is, uh, pick yourself up, and if you get up one more time than you fall, you're still not defeated. I said, if you get up one more time than you fall, you're still not defeated. Now listen, don't let tragedy be the defining issue in your life. I meet people all the time. Spouse died. Child got died. Child is sick. Somebody's terminally ill. Lost a fortune. Got accused. Oh, oh, oh. Amazing. Don't let tragedy be the defining issue in your life. I'll give you a little tip. When you're going through it and you can't hardly make it, hold your head up, go up in the woods behind your house. You ain't got no woods behind your house. Go somewhere. Get up in the woods somewhere while you're by yourself and just praise God, dance around a little bit, lift your hands up there, shout, jump, dance, whatever you want to do, just get up there and praise God uh, despite the situation and thank God ahead of time, even though you ain't got nothing going, just go ahead and open your mouths. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just, just go with this. It'll help you. Let me give you this third one. You've got to make a determination to obey God no matter what. Now look, there ain't nothing to go back to. I'm not going back to a liberal Methodist church. I ain't going back to my old buddies in high school 
I ain't going back to all of the junk that we was doing. I, I ain't got nothing to go back to. I ain't, there ain't but one way to go, and that's forward. And brother, I'm telling you, you either wash out or you go on. And regardless of what anybody else does, you can go on. I know people bailing. I know people renouncing the faith. The way's hard. They don't understand. They don't understand the lack of their own sanctification. They don't understand suffering. They don't understand all this stuff. Well, I don't understand it either, but there ain't nothing to go back to. We just got to go forward and got to make a determination. I'm going to obey God no matter what. I'm going out in faith by the grace of God. I want to go out, I want to go out in a hot, hot flash, a hot, a hot burst of glory rather than sink back into skepticism and negativity and cynicism. And you, you, but you've got to work in not becoming a cynical person if you deal with Christian people. This is really a good message this morning right there. You ought to write that, you ought to write that one down right there. I'm going to write this down myself. I'm just going to put this. <laughs> Give me the tape. I need to hear this. <laughs> All the way home, I need to hear this. But anyhow, uh, uh, nothing's going to whip you unless you let it. A young Oriental student decided to mock his elderly teacher, so he caught this small bird. And he cupped it in his hands behind his back. He was going to go to the teacher and he was going to ask the teacher what he had in his hands. If the old man answered correctly, he was going to say, is it dead or alive? If the old man said, well, it's a bird, and he said, well, is it dead or alive? He says, well, if the old man said it was dead, he's going to open his hands and let it fly away. If the old man said it was alive, he was going to crush it in his hands and kill it. So he went to this sage, this elderly uh, oriental teacher, and he said, old man, what do I have in my hands? And the old man said, a bird, my son. And the student said, well, is the bird dead or alive? And the sage replied and said, the answer to that question, my son, is in your hands. The answer to that question is in your hands. And when adversity comes, it's life or death. And, and brother, sister, listen to me. The choice is in our hands, okay? And, and li listen, listen. You say, well, I ain't got no strength. No, but Christ our Redeemer does. I can't pull it off. Well, who can? If Joseph, I mean, if John the Baptist couldn't handle it, I, I mean, there were seasons like that for him. It wasn't always like that. But, and he, by the way, I believe he went out in faith. I believe he finished out. He finished out good. But, but I'm telling you, uh, it, it, when problems come, adversity comes, it's an obstacle or an opportunity. It's brokenness or bitterness. It's defeat or victory. It's determination or despondency. And rejoice in this. There's no temptation, test, trial, tribulation that's taken you but such as is common to man. What you're going through, uh, uh, millions of others have gone through it. Millions of people are going through it. Millions of people have gone through it. And if they went through it and came out, you're going to go through it and you're going to come out and the sun will shine again one of these days and you will laugh again and mean it one of these days. And I'm just here to tell you, hallelujah, we're in good hands by the grace of God and there's no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. We might not be, but he is who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you're able, but will with that test, that trial, that adversity, make a way to escape Hallelujah for the way of escape. And I'll tell you, one of the ways of escape is worshiping God and praising God and believing God and, 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 and getting on the right side of this. We all got an opportunity here this morning. We all can be broken here this morning. We all have the victory that's already been purchased on the cross. And we all here this morning uh, can make a determination to believe God 
in spite of all the other stuff. Greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. How many going through it this morning and need a, needed this? Lift your hand this morning if you needed this message. Put them up. Yeah, we're all in the same boat. Let's stand and talk to the Lord. Let's have some kind of a little invitation, dear sister, if you would just play something. I want us to respond to the voice of God here this morning. You know, whatever you need to do, I want, you, I want everybody to pray, and some of you might want to come to the altar and talk to Jesus. Then you come on down here and do that. Whatever you need to do, you just respond to God's speaking voice. Father, thank you for encouragement, Lord, from the Word of God that tells us that trials and difficulties are not uncommon. They are extremely common, and God, you're faithful. So, Lord, empower, encourage. Lord, just build up and bring hope and resilience and faith despite the mess that some of us are in. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for ministering to our hearts. Y'all just play something, sing something, dear brother. The rest of us, we're going to pray and we're going to respond to God's voice. Let God have his way in your heart this morning. Whatever you need to do to respond to this, would you do it right now? you're overwhelmed, tell the Lord about it. If you're in darkness, tell Him about it. If you're wore out, tell Him. If you're hurting, tell Him. If you're mad, tell Him. If you're depressed, whatever. It, it's, it's, it's common demand. It's just common demand. But God is faithful. Now rejoice in God your Savior this morning. By faith, thank Him for lifting you for bringing you through for bringing you up for bringing you out thank thank the lord for bringing that family member through that situation thank the lord he has a desired end his thoughts of us are of peace and not of evil he has a purpose Now, everybody, spend 60 seconds thanking God for everything you can think of right now. Just go ahead and thank Him. Thank Him for the opportunity. Thank Him for brokenness. Thank Him for the victory. Thank Him for the spirit-empowered determination to deal with the situation and see it through. Thank Him. Praise Him. Bless Him. He's a good God. Now, Lord, make Your face to shine upon Your people. Oh, God, give them peace. Oh, give us grace. Father, thank You for the good hand of God, for the goodness of God. And, Lord, in this this world, it's a briar patch. Nobody gets out without getting scratched. But, Father, thank you that you're the healer. And, God, you're the hope giver. And, Lord, you're the restorer of the past to dwell in. So, Lord, bless those right now this morning, Lord, in the midst of something. And, Father, uh, give them hope and grace and strength and peace. We want to thank you for bringing us through and bringing us, Lord, into the promised land of your spirit-filled life. So, Father, thank you for this church. God, thank you for the future. Father, thank you for what you've got in store. 
we commit all of these things to you by faith. Now, Lord, lead Brother Mike, Father, to direct our thoughts as we close today in Christ's name. Amen. Brother Vaughn, I'm ask you if you'd go to the back so folks could shake your hand, give you a fist bump, elbow, whatever, hug you, kiss you. I don't know what they're going to do, but no, I just. <laughs> uh, thank you for being my friend. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And uh, I, we were going to go fishing together this afternoon, but my dog always goes fishing with me, and I guess he didn't like dogs. So. <laughs> It'll be all right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, a couple quick things before we go on. June 6th, uh, you, you can be seated if you want. I'll be in just a minute or two. But uh, June 6th, a couple things. Uh, recognition service for our graduates. First of all, those that graduated, congratulations. <laughs> and uh, we're going to recognize them on June 6th. So if you can get names back there, if you graduate from high school, college, associate school, Driving school, I don't know what you graduated from, but <laughs> we'll recognize you, and uh, we want to do that on June 6th, so I don't want to miss anybody, so please get the names back there for us, and uh, and we'll recognize those on, on that Sunday morning coming up. Uh, a couple things around the corner, just uh, uh, other things, you, you can see some of the preaching schedule here. Uh, I know a couple folks, we, we probably weren't real clear last week, uh, Brother Joe will start the first Sunday in July. The first Sunday in July is when he'll be here, okay? So uh, just so everybody knows, it's, uh, he's telling his church, pray for him today. He's telling his church today. Uh, so, you know, that's a tough thing to do. So I know he'd appreciate your prayers there. Then they got to get moved and work out and give them a little time to hopefully find a pastor and so forth as he's leaving the church to come here. Uh, so, so I'll hang in there and, and do my best on Tuesday and Sunday morning. And we got great preaching lined up all the way through. So, so uh, I think we're going to be in good shape and appreciate these men of God that have come and helped. And again, Brother Vaughn, what a friend he's been. In fact, he's going to come back one more time uh, yet. And so, so amen, looking forward to that. Uh, so before we go, though, this morning, we, it's also a sad day and a special day as well for, uh, for others. So you may or may not know this, but Ethan's getting married. How many of y'all know that? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and Kelly even came today. And <laughs> I'm just picking. And uh, so they're getting married next Saturday. Uh, so that's the exciting side of it. The, uh, the not so exciting side of it is, well, not for them, for us anyway, is after they get married, they're, I think, heading to South Carolina and, uh, and just going to uh, just kind of follow wherever the Lord wants them to go and do some exciting things together as they start their family and life together. But that means this is also his last Sunday with us. And uh, boy, he's been a he's been a blessing for me uh, just to come in, not worry about it's going to go, <laughs> and you just all that he's done, and and uh, he's introduced us to some songs I believe that uh, are just so doctrinally sound, maybe a little different, maybe a little newer for you, but doctrinally sound, and uh, and uh, that that have encouraged me, helped me, and uh, he's just been faithful. All the years, even before song leader, you know how many years he's served for us here. Now, I got one more task he's got to do before he goes. All the all the dark brown and light brown chairs are intermixed back there, and uh, we got to get that we got to get that straightened out before you go. But other than that, I want to recognize him. At, come on down here, if you let's give give him a hand, thank him for his not only year plus of service here, song leader, but just years of service to our church and. We wish you and Miss Kelly nothing but the best, my brother. And that's on behalf of the church. And, and uh, don't spend it all in one place. 
<laughs> Actually, probably better if you did. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I'm going to turn it back to him. Let us, him dismiss us with a song. And, and again, appreciate you, brother. All righty, let's go ahead and stand. We sing the final verse uh, and chorus for this evening. And we'll be back this evening at, or rather this afternoon, but this evening we'll be back at 6.30. Let's go ahead and sing Redeemed. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. Redeemed. Thank you. You are dismissed.